Ever wondered how relationship building and problem solving can revolutionize your sales strategy? Well, in today's episode of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast, we're going to delve into the world of sales with my man, Joe Graham, a seasoned sales coach who has refined the art of selling. Joe shares his unique perspective on sales by emphasizing the importance of relationship building. He reveals how fostering genuine connections can lead to more meaningful and successful transactions. He also explores his innovative approach to problem solving and how it's become a cornerstone of his sales strategy. But that's not all. No, 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 no. Joe also touches on a third crucial aspect of his sales philosophy, one that has been pivotal in his journey to success. But we don't want to give that all away right now. You're going to have to tune in to find out. So don't miss this opportunity to gain valuable insights from a sales expert so that you can take your sales strategy to the next level. Let's get stuck right in, shall we? Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of sales relationship learning, and I am your humble Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And as many of you know, and if this is your first episode, you're about to learn, I have been a digital nomad in the coaching and course creation, gosh, the online space since like the 90s. So yeah, got a little experience under my belt, but here's the thing. I'm still learning, and that's why I'm here. I want to share with you what I have learned and what I am still learning about being a digital nomad, digital marketing, coaching, entrepreneurship, and infopreneurship. But that begs the question, who are you? And well, my friend, to me, the answer to that question is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, or more specifically, a digital nomad with or seeking a coaching or online model in your business. Or maybe you're hoping to have all of that very, very soon. Or perhaps you're that digital nomad that is here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And in the world of marketing, a robust sales strategy is a crucial component. And my man, Joe Graham, is a seasoned sales professional. He's here today to share his insights and his sales training techniques on today's episode of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. His sales techniques are a testament to his sales success. So let's get stuck right in, shall we? All right, my man, Joe, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. How are you doing today, man? Good. Very good. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Oh, man, 100%. I know we've uh, we've been traveling in the same circles for a couple of years now. I think I was a guest on your show last year, if not the year before. I know it's been a little while. 
And uh, finally got you on. I don't know why I didn't get you on here before because you're like the salesman's salesman. I've seen some of the things and listened to some of your episodes. And I know you've won some awards a few years in a row. And But before we even go down there, the first thing I really would like you to do is kind of tell your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, that brought you to where you are today and why you like doing what you do so much. Sure. And first and foremost, Tracy, thank you for letting me be on the show. I actually fell into sales. I wasn't thinking about being into sales. I grew up in the Midwest where you get a job, you work through it, you do the thing that you're supposed to do for 50 years, yada. And the company I was working for downsized. So literally, I fell into sales. Like I had to get a job. The only thing I could get was a job doing in-home sales for Home Depot. Mm -hmm. And I had no clue of what I was doing. I had seen stuff on TV. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And funny story, I go through the training, you know, they hype you up and you think you're gonna do great. First person I went to talk to, and I'm doing the flip chart, so I'm dating myself here because I've been in sales for about 15, <laughs> 16 years. Right. It was for a gutter job. And I looked at the guy, my managers, and I'm like, I can't do this, like that fear, because I was so afraid of what he thought of me and I was gonna mess up. And the guy looks at me and goes, Joe, I like Home Depot anyway. I'm gonna buy you the way you're doing fine. And at that point I realized, oh crap, sales is not about me. But like I said, I had that, I call it a Midwest mindset of, you know, you just do the thing you're supposed to do. You get married and you do all that. Right. So I fell into sales and over the past 16 years, I'd love to tell you I was the best salesman ever. But in the beginning I sucked. I just had to learn and grind and grow and do the things that you need to do to level up. Mm -hmm. To now, you mentioned like with the awards and all, I still have a day job. I work for a multi-billion dollar company and I've won President Circle three years in a row. I've already qualified for it for the fourth year right now. But I found that sales is just helping people. It's problem solving. It's not the icky thought that a lot of people think it is. It's not the Wolf of Wall Street. Now, people can do that, but that's not really sales. That's manipulation. That's just my yeah. own personal opinion on it. If you help people solve their problems, you're good. Then you can just reframe that whole mindset. They should pay you because you've helped them, but you're helping them because it's not a, I'm trying to manipulate you, Tracy. I'm just trying to get you the product, the service, what you need. And mm -hmm. that's kind of just how I fell into it. Like I've done multiple different industries. So I've worked with oil and gas investments at the top 5%. I've sold heavy equipment to country boys all over the US. I've done door to door. And now I sell like dedicated fiber internet. And it's kind of funny because with sales, that was the tool belt for me to build what I call life by design. So like you've been on my podcast, Tracy mm -hmm. rocked the episode. He's actually going to be on another episode. You were actually in the very beginning of my podcast. Like yeah. I think you're episode 12 or 14 and you're the one that's like, Joe, just talk, be you. I know I sidetracked there, but it's <laughs> so funny that I got to the point where I was consistently hitting over a hundred thousand a year. And I was like, okay, cool. So we went to Disney, we went to Hawaii, we went and did the stuff that people could do. And I got to 150, then I got to 200. I'm like, what if I could just help dads do what I did? Well, that's not going to get you Lambo money, but if you're in the top 10, per, or if you're at 150,000, you're in the top 10% of income earners in the world. So if you're there, you can start building your life by design. That's kind of where the podcast dream came from. That's where the sales coaching thing came from. So I'm not like saying, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be a multimillionaire, but I can get you to step one. And once sure. you get to step one, then you can level up and get to other people, but you won't have the pressure of bills or of what am I going to do? Or can I take my kids to do this stuff? Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. This is a, this is interesting timing because I just did an episode of the podcast last week about sales. And while I'm not a professional salesman, right, I've been in industries where, you know, well, and I think any industry sales is key part of it. If you're not selling, you're not making any money. That's all there is to it. And I broke it down to probably two simple things. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. 
One is, just like you were saying, you need to solve their problem. Whatever that problem is, your gutter man example, you probably had leaky gutters and you need to get yep. them fixed. He was going to buy them, just matter who he was going to buy them from. And then the other, the other thing is step into the conversation where they're already at. And for me, what that means is I don't need to go over to Joe and convince Joe to start a podcast. He already knows the benefits of the podcast. He just wants someone maybe to teach him how. And it, it, just using this example while we're here and you're like you're already sold on the fact that i want to do a podcast now it's just about what are all the things i got to do to make it happen does that make sense yeah yeah yep it makes perfect sense so a lot of times people and i've run with the, into a lot of entrepreneurs this way they have a great idea they have a great concept but when they go to sell it they're mm -hmm. afraid of what to say because they don't want to come across as pushy or sleazy or this or that. Sure. But you mentioned it. There's needs out there. There's stuff that people want, like you with podcasting, me with sales coaching, other people with maybe a widget or something yeah. that they're doing. And you have to think people are going to buy what they want. So mm -hmm. who better to help them than you because you're ethical? You're moral and you have their best interest in mind. Which leads into what you said before there. If it's framed about helping them and finding a solution for them, it makes it simple to sell because now you're not going and pitching how great you are. Now you're not going in just what I call product dumping. You're going in and saying, hey, Tracy, cool. So you're looking to level up here. Is it, and then you just start asking them those open-ended questions and moving them down the line to see if it would even be a good fit caveat is if you can't help them refer them to someone else yeah now you've taken off all the icky ideas of sales i gotta push you into this and i think it really goes to a mindset shift because a lot of people look at the world two ways either they think there's a scarcity mindset or a very broad enough pie for everyone mindset mm -hmm. and on the second side you know I, there's a lot of times sales people like oh there's only so many people that can do this there's 8 billion people on this planet. There's people you. you can sell to in your industry, even if it's a small niche. And if you change that little thought process, when you talk to people, you're going to come across more confident. Mm -hmm. You're going to come across like an expert in the field. And you're also going to take care of them and not worry about if they buy or not. Because this is the biggest thing I think people forget. Sales is helping your customer make a decision, not making the decision for them. Oh, that's magic right there. Yeah. Well, and I just, I've always liked the aspect of it because it took me a while to reframe it. Because in the beginning, I was like trying to do the Wolf of Wall Street. I was trying to get people to buy. And I was always thinking about, well, I need this, me. And people can feel that. They can understand. They get it. And you still can get some sales because this world's really transactional. But if you want to become an expert and go deep in the sales world, you need to flip the script and make it about them and build relationships and build networks and, you know, take care of them. And then you have referral customers for life. And it's easier because once you get into that flow, you don't have to worry anymore about the, oh, who can I talk to? Because well, I took care of Tracy. I took care of Tim. I took care of Mary. I took care of Sally. And now I can go back to them. And I do this all the time and say, hey, Tracy, you know, I know I helped you with this before. Want to make sure you're still taken care of. And normally if you do a good job and you have a solution behind you that does what it's supposed to, that's the second key. Make sure what you're selling gets done correctly. Right. You can go back and now you're happy. Like, hey, do you know anyone else that needs a service? And if they're happy, they're like, yeah, my friend Tim does. Like, you know, it, you just start to build that. Yeah. And, and I think, I think even past that, you don't even have, and this is my experience, right? We have a gentleman that we have purchased two houses from. And it wasn't that he was this great salesman. He was just focused on, like you were saying, giving us the home we wanted. And he did that the first time. And then we ended up buying one, another one when grandpa moved out here. So we went back to the same guy and sold. And 
another house. And I guarantee you, if I end up buying another home in this area that he services, I'm reaching out to him. And even if it's in a whole nother area, I'm going to reach out to him to see if he knows anyone in the new area I would be buying a home in. And it's not that he has come up to me and said, hey, do you know anyone else? He just kept following up. Hey, is everything okay? Do you like the house? The one issue we had, he offered to like the when we bought the house, one of the things we said was we wanted all the patio furniture that was on the back patio. Well, the people, apparently that messaging made it to them. So they packed it up and took it with them. He was going to buy patio furniture for my back patio because that's how he felt. That's how he did his business. And I'm like, okay, that's the kind of guy. And his continued follow-up for the next couple of years wasn't about, do you know anyone else? It was just, is everything good? How you still like in the neighborhood? Which just made that, you know, made him feel more like a friend than a salesperson. So anytime, I guarantee you, anytime in the last seven years since we've bought this house, someone says, I'm looking for a realtor, I gave yep. them his name. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I think a lot of times it's just becoming the expert in the field. Mm. Salespeople don't last two years in a row. If you're over two years in a row, you become the expert. Sure. It's just, and, it, it, and when you say expert, I mean, for me, it means one thing. And for maybe any, anyone else out there listening, it might mean something different. For me, I never feel like I'm the expert in something. I might know more than you as I'm, as I'm having any kind of conversation with you, but I never think of myself as an expert. And the reason I take on that mindset is that way I keep trying to learn more. And as long as I keep trying to learn more, I know there's going to be somebody behind me that I can share that information with and be of benefit. And it keeps me awake and it keeps me nimble. And I think it keeps your finger on the pulse of whatever industry you're in. Yeah, no, I agree 100% because I'm always learning, always growing, going to events, doing different stuff. Like I went to our buddy Zach Babcock's event this summer. It's more of when you reach out to someone about a proctor service and then you stay in touch with them and then you're still there a year from now, then you're still there three years from now. And then five years from now, it builds that credibility in us. You know, maybe they reached out to a different company. Well, John's not there anymore. Now they had to start it over with someone else. So it's just that credibility of you staying in that field, building yeah. that brand. It's not that you, like, I don't feel like I am the expert in sales. There's people that are better salespeople than me. I make a lot of my money, honestly, from like what you mentioned. I get, connect with them. I build a relationship with them and I just stay in touch with them. Like I sold deals from, I started talking to the customer five years ago and it took five years to close the deal because things happened in their life and sure. they just weren't ready. But once they were ready, like you said, they come to me because I was consistently there. I was, I seen them, I heard them. I let them be felt, I guess. I know that it's kind of that funny thing, but it all comes back to relationships. Yeah. People think it's so hard, but it's just relationship. I think you're right there. I think, well, I think business in general is relationships, right? If you can build a relationship with your customer base, your audience, or you're just your prospect base, right? That just resonates. And this comes back to what you and I were talking about. I think when I, you, you mentioned it briefly, when I was on your show, it's just being you. And by being you, whether you're a salesman or you're a little, you're a little, you know, hey, I'm new at this. Okay, that's still being you. It, it you attract the people that resonate with you, right? And maybe it, like you said, it maybe it takes five years for the deal to, to happen, but it happens at its own time. Who knows if you'd have tried to force it, uh, that was good speaking, wasn't it? If you tried to force it, it probably would have never happened because. You weren't a. You weren't being you, and B. You would have chased that person away, or he was just trying to 
make a decision yeah. for me versus helping me make my own decision at the right time. Yeah. Well, and you said something key there. In the beginning, I used to tell people, I'm new at this. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I just want you to know up front, I'm just starting this. If I have a question, if you have a question I can't answer, I might call my manager. I might call my sales engineer, whatever it is. But that took the whole people want to help you. So if you're upfront and honest with them, it's great. If mm -hmm. I would have went in there and said, I know this and I know that and I didn't know what I was talking about, I would have lost the deal. So yeah. when you mentioned that, just clicked in my head. I think that's in any type of product, service, whatever you're doing. Everyone has to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being the new guy on the block. It's all good. I know my answer to this. I've seen folks that are naturally that Wolf of Wall Street type and folks that are naturally that I want to help you salesman. Do you think one can become the other? Yes. As a result of? <laughs> Getting burnt <laughs> and learning that relationships beat algorithms and they matter. <laughs> I'll give you my own story. So I used to do, it's kind of like, so it was oil and gas investments. And that's a very much, you're talking to the top 5%. And you have to be direct and strong with them because the investments are 52 $100,000. So like you sure. literally have to bust their chops for lack of better words. Like, okay, Tracy, you can't handle doing this. Fine. I'll go talk to someone else. I thought you were a player. Like you literally are in that. It's a cutthroat transactional world. Yeah. I was doing it and I was doing good at it until I realized the OLs weren't working, but I could like, I know I'm very much relationship sales right now, but mm -hmm. I could turn on the Wolf of Wall Street. I know the straight line system. I can do all the NLP behind it. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't feel right. So I got to the point where I was making money, but it didn't feel right to me. So I actually mm -hmm. went and took a different job that was crap and didn't help me. And like I went from making almost around 100 down to 45 for a year. But I had to, in my heart, get fixed right sure. here. And once that happened, when I started working with the company I'm with now, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to help people. I don't want to be that person. And I went from just like that Wolf of Wall Street thing to actually helping people. And then like we were talking about earlier, I made over a hundred, then I made 150, I made 200. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that to right. say, the more people you help and when you do it where it feels good in your heart, the better and more effective you can be because, well, everyone knows transaction, it, it works in the short run, but then after a while you burn out, you burn the bridges, you don't have people you can call because well, crap, I screwed Tracy over, so I can't call him. So now I got to right. find someone else new. And yeah, and it, it just doesn't feel right. I'm very much about being me. That wasn't really me. Now, I've done it before, but that wasn't me. I, like, I just want to help people now. Yeah, and we've all seen those stories of folks that, you know, make their cash bank, whatever level they're looking for, but yet they still feel empty and they turn into some sort of crutch, you know, be it booze or alcohol or women or whatever yeah. else it, it, it could be. I think it, the key is, inside they're like i'm attaining all the external goals why don't i feel good mm -hmm. you don't feel good because you're being a shit to everyone you're not yeah. building anything you're really destroying things in the process i mean the what was that the movie greed was kind of based off of a person who used to go buy companies right and then break them down into their individual component parts and sell them off and make profit in in, in the interim well he wasn't making anything well, except money, but, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, he wasn't doing anything good in the process. And I think inside of us, all us normal folks anyway, I can't believe I just called myself normal. <laughs> um, You're not that, normal. That's, no. <laughs> that, is a, that is a goal is to help fellow men and women yeah. attain their goals, reach their aspirations, be who they should be anyway. Yeah. Well, and you hit a key point here that I think 
it's taken me a long time to learn, and I actually learned it from my friend George Bryant. You're the secret sauce. If you don't spend time with you, if you don't refresh you, if you don't develop you, if you don't level up you, everything else is going to fall apart. So like, and, and I mean like literally spend time with you, like even boredom practices. So like I take 10 minutes a day, I'll go sit by a park bench and I will just stare out into nature, no agenda, no notebook, no phone, and just be with me. And I know that seems weird, especially for entrepreneurs and other people, but we have so much data, so much information hitting us at all the time. If you don't take time to be with you, you're going to burn out. You're going to miss things. You're going to get grumpy because that whole, for your business as an entrepreneur, for your podcasting, for sales, for even individuals being a good dad, good mom, whatever you're trying to do, you can't always give. And the one relationship you always have is your relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And if you neglect that, you're screwed. And I think men, for sure, we always neglect it because we always are trying to fix this and do that. We're fixing it's it. 10 minutes. Yeah. I scroll more on Instagram for 10 minutes a day <laughs> than I do. I should be able to give myself 10 minutes of time. But there's days I'm like, crap, I didn't do this yet. And it's like 10 o'clock and I'm like, okay, I need to just sit and yeah. just be. Just be. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that one. I have, I have molded my b time into a musical version where i'll come up here and i will put on the headphones and just play drums for 10 20 sometimes it ends up being 30 minutes an hour but i walk away from that just like ah just feeling mm -hmm. revived and refreshed and it comes to you you almost hit this point and i've said this a number of times you have to refill your own cup in order to be able to keep filling up other people's cup Otherwise, like you said, you're gonna you're gonna end up running dry. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And in sales and in business, the grind culture that's not taught. It's actually even not rewarded. It's like, oh, you got to go from four a.m. to one, or you don't love your business. No, you need to be focused and be intentional because if you're going from four a.m. to one p or four a.m. to one a.m., you're not really grinding that whole time. You're doing busy work. Yeah. You're looking like you're grinding, but. I, and I'm, I could be off a little bit on the time, but I think they say it's between two to four hours a day we are most productive. So if you can optimize a two to four hour window, you get a lot more done than the guy or gal doing 12 to 14 hours a day, half-assing it. Yeah, and you're right. I've, I think I've probably read the, the, that very same statement. And, and it could be a different time for different folks. For some folks, you know, it's 6 a.m. to, you know, to 10 a.m. For other folks, it's noon to 4. And whatever it yep. is for you, that's fine. I think one of the keys to really making that work optimally for you is to get all the prep work done before that peak time. So that mm -hmm. when you hit that peak, you're not pulled away to go some and do some of these oddball jobs that get you ready to, I don't know, make that call or write that content or appear on the camera or, you know, be a hundred percent present for a podcast interview, whatever it is, so that you're not pulled away during your peak time. You're doing your magic, your secret sauce during that optimal time. And then you can use those other times outside of your optimal time to do all the other, I'll call it grunt work for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, no, I trained that. Like literally that's one of my things in my sales courses. So like I do admin from 6.30 to 9.30. Mm -hmm. And then I have a call block called golden hours because the people that I'm reaching out to are, it's better to catch them between 10 
and two in that time frame. So sure. I call through there and I take a lunch in the middle and then I do admin work in the afternoon because as a salesman, admin work is not my expertise. It's not mm -hmm. my zone of excellence. It's not what I like to do, but, I, but there's some stuff like you said, you have to do, yeah. but I know the hours where I'm most optimal to help my clients. That's when I'm making the phone calls or doing the videos like we're doing here and touching them. So I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, that's magic. Everyone, everyone needs to rewind for about two minutes and re-listen to that because you need to find your peak time and do your real magic, whatever your magic is, be it sales or be it content creation or just being a mom or a dad and then do everything else outside of that. And I think you'll find it far more rewarding as well as far more productive on top of that. Yeah. What, when I did it, when I shifted into it, it exponentially money went up, but also relationships, networking, all that type of stuff. Because once you get that locked into this time block, now, you know, I can be a hundred percent present here, but now I can also be a hundred percent present with my kids because I'm not worried about, did I do the podcast? Did I do the sales? Mm -hmm. I can go on a date with my wife and not look at my phone and wonder, okay, crap, I got to reach out to these people because I already have a set time. I did it mm -hmm. and it's enough. Know that it's enough. That's the thing I think a lot of times in the, in the beginning, for sure, we get caught up in, I got to do. No, you mm -hmm. got to do the things that will move your business each day and the law of compounding interest will affect it over time. Yeah, 100%. And I think, oh my gosh, I just wrote something about this the other day that in the beginning, those efforts that you have to exert, yeah, they're a little harder. You got to grind a little longer. It's like pushing a car or an airplane taking off you know the airplane sitting at the end of the at the start of that runway and you hear him he fires up the engine you go racing down the runway until you can reach that escape velocity and then they still leave the engines firing full blast until they reach the cruise level then they back it off and the amount of energy that keeps the you airborne at that point is a lot less i think in business that same analogy works right you're gonna bust hump you're gonna work some extra hours you're gonna you know give up a little bit of family time to do the business time in the beginning to get mm -hmm. things started but man once you're airborne you can totally back off but you still have to keep this routine schedule of, okay, I got to put in enough effort in there to keep myself flying forward. And then the rest of it, I can dedicate it to all the other things I've been dreaming about the rest of my life. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So like I started my podcast and coaching a year and a half ago, first part was just a podcast. I was popping two episodes a week, two episodes a week, two episodes a week. And I got it up and going. And then after I got going long enough, then I dropped it to one episode. I might have a surprise episode, kind of like what mm -hmm. we talked about. Yeah. And then with the sales coaching starting in April, I was hitting hard. Now I'm starting to pick up more and more clients. So now I'm starting to back off a little bit. Okay, cool. How much time do I have to put into the different stuff? Because I put in the work to build the brand, to get the guests on. So that's building the other spot, which will build my coaching thing. So it's just, like you said, knowing what, how much you got to push on the gas pedal really at that yeah. time. hundred percent. Oh man, I love this. Now, something you've mentioned a couple of times through here, and I know you're a fan of this. So I want to root around in here it is mindset. So. First off, when someone hears, okay, there's going to be an episode with a master salesman on, for lack of a better phrase, there's a mindset that comes with a salesperson. There's a mindset that comes with, oh, he's a podcaster, or a mindset, oh, he's a coach. What are the, what's the question I want to ask you? What's the good things and the bad things that you have learned through mindset? Like, hey, I know you said you had this Midwest wine said, I got to do this or I got to uh -huh. be the wolf of Wall Street. And then you learned that's not entirely yeah. true. Tell me about this. Sure. So I think everyone does it. We get an idea. We want, we have this fuzzy dream of what we want to do. And then we see 
someone else's version of this fuzzy dream. And we go after that. We try to become them. So The Wolf of Wall Street is easy because people maybe have seen the movie. Jordan right. Belfort. Well, he became successful using his straight line system, but it was his system. It was how he did things. And he was very remorseful at the end. And he shifted some because he hurt people. Well, when you're young and in sales and all, you just see the cars, the girls and stuff. So I'm going to try and make myself into that. And you think that's the mindset you need to have. But as life hits you, you go along, <clears throat> excuse me, you get to the point where you're like, wait a minute, I am not that guy. I can't be that person. I need the best, be the best version of me. And then once that happens, you start to read books and level up and study the art and figure out what it is that you want to be. Like, and I was just thinking of the Wolf of Wall Street thing. If you're doing podcasting, well, maybe I'm trying to be Andy Fursello or Zach Bathcock yeah. or Tracy Brickman, you know, but I can't do that either because my story is my story. I need to follow that up because I'm called to help the people I'm called to help not called to help the people Tracy's called to help or right. Zach or anyone else is. And once you realize that you're enough, my buddy called me a sales unicorn because I am very heart-centered. I'm very much about helping people, which when people think of salesmen, they don't think of it. I am like the anti-salesman's mindset with, when people think about it yeah. and how I approach things. And I just embraced it. I'm like, well, crap, if that's how it is, cool. I'm going to embrace it. And once you embrace who you are, it's easier because you don't have to pretend. You don't have to try to be someone you're not. Like I couldn't come out and be like, I'm the elf underdog. That would, people would be like, Joe, you are not the elf underdog. That does not work for you, you know? But I can come out and say, you know what? I want to help people and I want to help people build their life by design. I want to see people win and I want to see people grow. And that's natural for what's in my heart. Yeah. And then mindset is just, who what are you trying to learn so like right now i'm reading a book called the last book of a law of attraction book because i'm learning that aspect of life like i've been in this area for a while so i'm just looking at different things to level me up mm -hmm. i'm doing networking events getting in rooms with people that are farther along with me are farther along than i am but the good thing is it's not about me trying to be them it's me about trying to connect and learn from them so i can become the best version of me because at the end of the day no one else gets a vote like I had Matt Vincent on my show and he's like, and the one thing he said that just stood out to me so profoundly, he's like, it's your life. No one else should get a vote on what you do with it. Mm -hmm. Live your life to what you want, how you want, and be good with it. And for me, for the longest time, and I think maybe a lot of your listeners might deal with this too, that's hard because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are people pleasers. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, they have this persona, I'm the elf, I got to do this, but they need that recognition. They yeah. need that, I need to be seen. And so... Learning to know it's my life and developing it and being who I am, I think that's such a huge key. Yeah. And I know I'm in a roundabout way there, but. No, that's actually a re really good. I think it, mindset is just one of those funky ones because I can think about, you know, starting my mindset journey way early on in my late teens in probably one of the most obscure books, which was The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, written by Bruce Lee. And he wrote a lot of philosophical statements in there and those impacted me early. And then later on, after, you know, I had lost my daughter, I actually threw myself into that, that personal development arena for to purposefully adjust my mindset. And I saw all the winnings that came from that. And I, it's, it's a huge thing, but at the same time, if you don't recognize a bad mindset, you might even mm -hmm. know that you're your own worst enemy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, and I think we grow through it. So the Midwest mindset wasn't a bad thing for me when I was young. It taught me hard work. It taught me getting up early. It taught me personal responsibility. It taught me a bunch of stuff. But it got to the point where it didn't serve me anymore because it could only take me to 
so high of a level right. so then i had to shift and go okay cool what am i trying to do now and it's just being adaptable to understand that you're going to change probably every seven years like i seven year ago me is not the same as i am right mm. now my friends are different <laughs> my circle's different my wealth is different everything's different which is good and i think a lot of times people just get stuck in where they were and they don't want to go like you you know the guy that always talks about the football game yes. when he was in high school and he stopped there yeah i just don't ever want to stop i just want to keep leveling up and experiencing more right that kind of loops back around what i was saying before is i don't want to be the expert or the guru is another word that gets tossed around yeah i know a little bit more than you but that's because I keep trying to grow. I'm out there and I'm still learning and I'm enjoying it. And I want to loop back to networking events. I know when I first started going to networking events, I did it all wrong. And I want anyone listening to learn from this. And I want to get your opinion on this. To go in there and just verbally spew what you think is all your goodness, your expertise. Here's how I can, here's who I'm helping and how I can help them. Would you be that person? And I learned far too slow that is the wrong way to do networking and it seems so counterintuitive that you would need to go to a networking event to learn about the other person more than have them learn about you does that make sense yes a hundred percent so it is kind of funny so i've been to probably in the last year four or five different events and it, networking is something I'm just naturally good at. Like okay. I'm good at just connecting with people and I don't think about it because like I'm very interested in people. So when I go mm -hmm. and talk to someone, I want to find out about them. That's just kind of, I'm a curious person. Yeah. So when I would go to the event, I would ask people, but it was weird because I could tell the differences between, and I literally, with the first event I went to, I was like, hey, I'm brand new in my business. I just started my podcast. Like I did that whole, I'm the new guy, right? Yeah. But, I could tell the people that were genuine and just wanted to talk and get to know me. I could tell the people there, tell me about how great they were. And it's so funny. You could see the gravitational of, okay, I'm drawn to these people because they're interested and we're just having a real conversation. Right. And then I'm drawn not to these people because they're just feeling like they're trying to pitch me and push me. Yeah, right. And networking events, as it's gone along more now, I think it's such an important thing. And you have to go through it, like you said, Tracy. When in the beginning, you think, I got to go and connect with these people yeah. and do all these things and do all this stuff. I have talked, I'm just sitting here thinking about, I've talked to some really cool people that people are blown away. I've gotten to talk to and I'm like, I just talked to them like I was their friend as a human. I just said, hey, you know, yeah. I like this aspect about you. We got talking and I think that's the key because you don't want to go to a networking event and fanboy. Some for guys, I'm going to call it fanboys. Like, I'm not going to want to go to a networking event, like say, well, Kill Rob Bailey was at an event I was at, right? And mm -hmm. I went and I had a, like a 20 minute conversation with him. Not like I'm friends with him by any means, but we were in a VIP dinner and he was just standing there and everyone else was just kind of standing around. I went up and I just started talking with him, like mm -hmm. normal. And he's a cool dude. And we talked about just different stuff, but it wasn't like, hey, do you want to hear my business idea? Blah, blah, blah. We just talked. Yes. And that's how I've made more connections than anything else because they don't want to be pitched. They don't want to have someone go up and go, oh, you're this, da, 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 da. No one likes it. After you've had that a couple of times, you don't like it. It's annoying. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. want human connection. They've just maybe made it a little bit farther along than you are. Maybe they have a different aspect of something that they're a little bit better at. If you just go in to find out, okay, who am I supposed to? That's why I did events now. Who am I supposed to connect with at this event mm -hmm. that's going to help me level up? I don't care about their wealth. I don't care about their influence. I don't care about their impact. Who do I need to connect with? Yes. And at this last event, I connected with people that were, people would say are super wealthy. And there's people that are just starting out. 
and I love them both the same. It doesn't matter to me because who knows who's going to come into your world to help build your business while you help build their business and life as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a two-way street, and I think that's the magic of it. Is when you go into it. Like I said, I learned a little too slow, but I did eventually learn that it's a two-way street. You need to go in there wanting to absorb, you know, be that sponge and learn. And you're right, the fanboy thing. Most folks are like, no, I'm just a guy or I'm just a gal. And I think here's one of the things. And I heard someone else say this. So I'm going to use their example. Is that if we use someone like you know in the podcasting and social media world, like a Gary V, right? Yep. He's everywhere, right? He's across all the platforms now, today. And then people are like, well, I want to be like Gary V. Well, well, then you need to start back where Gary V started. And there's where I think people trip up. You know, they see a Gary V or, a, you know, an Andy Frazella or, you know, and, or anybody out there. You, you just insert the name here and they're like, I want to be where they're at now. And they start doing the things they're doing today. Well, you're not learning all the things they learned that brought them to that yep. level. And that's the big mistake. And you, 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 no one knows, or many folks have forgotten about the fact that Gary Vee started off by doing wine tastings and yep. you know, yep. way back when, and there, I didn't know it either. I was like, he did what? And I went and looked and it's true. It's, you have to go through the journey and Hopefully you can find someone and I, you do sales coaching. You can find someone that can help you avoid some of the pitfalls, right? And some of the stumbles mm -hmm. and bumbles and everything. So I'm a big fan of coaching to, to help us avoid that, that, to help speed your journey along, but you still have to go through the journey. All right. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you mentioned a couple of really good things there. One, kind of circling back to what we were talking about before, everyone wants to be a Gary V, but they've not gone through what Gary V went through to become him. Two, coaching will help you shorten time. That's what coaching is for. Instead of yes. you having to do the 16 years I did for sales, I can help shorten time. You know, podcasting with what you do, you can shorten time for people to build, grow, network to what they're doing. But it all comes back again. I know I'm going to harp on this, but it all comes back to again being comfortable with you, knowing that you're enough and that you can help people that you're supposed to help. At what level that is depends on the time and effort you're able to put into it. And there it is right there. You know, that's the whole episode I condensed down into one sentence, everyone. And those are, those for me, I think those are the two toughest things for anybody to attempt. One, to be comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Blemishes and all, right? Okay, we've all done some stupid things. Some of us have done stupider things than others that maybe <laughs> they're not proud of. But here's the thing, man. If you can look back and stare into that abyss of your past and learn something from it, then you can become comfortable with who you are. As long as you're still not that person. If you are, well, then you, now you've got some work to do. We get it. And now that you're comfortable with who you are, I mean, it's so much easier to reach out and find someone that needs your help. Because I'm a big proponent of, I think we all have an innate magic, whatever that is right? That's inside of us. And it is our moral imperative to let that out because there are people that need to learn from us. Does that make yep. sense? hundred percent. Yep. And it's selfish if we keep it. There like it that's is. the other thing people forget about. It's selfish if we keep it because we're so worried about us. And I teach this in the sales world, but it fits for entrepreneurs. It fits for anyone. If you're worried about what they're thinking or what they're doing, you're doing it wrong. 
because you need, or if you're worried about what, how it makes you look. Mm. So like with sales or with what you're doing, it's never about you. With being an entrepreneur and building a business and your thing, it's really not about you. If you're having a business to help someone, if you're having a business to build something, if you have a service to give, it all the time has to be about them. Yeah. Now you should have time for you. That's why I mentioned you're the secret sauce. You need to refill your soul. I play video games sometimes. I go for a lot of walks. So I'm not saying there's not things you can't do. I take my family on awesome trips. That fills my cup. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in sales mode, when I'm building businesses, when I'm doing trainings, any of that, I'm making it about the customer because yeah. if I make it about them, I win, they win, I get money, they get the stuff that they need. And it's simple. But I think a lot of times people want the prestige, the look, oh, look at what I did instead of look who I helped. And if you can shift that one little thing, you'll win. And I think people just need to get past. It doesn't really matter what people think about you because mm -hmm. what do you think about you? I know we're shifting back and forth, but what do you think about you? At the end of the day, that's going to come out. And if you can fix that, and it took me a long time, and I'm still working on it. What do I think about myself? How do I feel about myself? Am I happy with myself? Mm -hmm. Am I helping people for me or for them? Because that's even another little higher level one. Oh, I'm helping all these people. Look at me. I'm helping all these people. No, it has to be about helping people, period. Yeah. And I think there's a, there, I think there's a, another little layer below that. Because I'm with you 100% on that. It's like, hey, I'm helping people. That feels good. That makes me feel better. It's not like I, I care about the rest of the world acknowledging that. Yeah. I feel good about myself at that point. But I think just below that, yeah, you're giving them the advice. You're giving them the content. Maybe you're even giving them some tools, right? Software tools or whatever it might be. But they're doing the work. Yep. It's still... And if you look at it from that perspective, and that was a pivoting point for me when I first got into coaching, I can give you all the advice on the planet. I can tell you all the great things you need to do or can do and hand you this tool and show you how to work. But if you don't do a damn thing with it, oh, well, hey, yep, they're the ones doing the work, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, you can feel good that you helped them along and shortened the time, like you said earlier, but they did the work. So it's again, it. To your point, it's all about them. Yep. Well, and then it takes the pressure off because now I don't have to fix you. I've just given you the tools, Tracy. Are you going to take the tools I've given you or not? Yeah. I'm not making you do the work. I'm just empowering you to be able to do the things you need to do. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it better, but it's so, it just makes it easier for you. It takes the pressure off of you being perfect because I don't have to be perfect now. I just have to help you as much as I can. I'm going to give you the input. And if you take them and go with them, great. If you don't, you I have your life to choose that. Yeah. Right. Yep. You, you need a different coach for that. That's not, yeah, that's not coaching. me. <laughs> yeah. That's not sales coaching. That's yeah. You're right there. And I think be, for me, I think because you so embody both of those, you, you understand the fact that there's a mindset piece in it, as well as you're a sales coach, having those two pieces, that's a magic combination right there. Cause it's so often I see someone as well, I do this mindset or I do that sales. And I don't think sales, someone will, will come back to what you said earlier. If someone just gets a sales coach, period, end of story, that will take them to a level. But if you can get someone that can teach you both, or at least teach you how they integrate together, I think that level gets a little bit higher, if not a lot higher, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, well, sales is my tool belt. So I look at it this way. Sales and mindset kind of go hand in hand for me. They're my tool belt. 
but I'm about helping people build life by design. So when I'm coaching someone, that's where my heart is. I want to help you, Tracy, build the life you want. And I have no thoughts on what your life should be. Mm -hmm. If you want to be, you know, a multimillionaire, I'm going to give you the steps I can help you to get there. If you want to make, you know, 150 to 300,000 and spend time with your family, do a life you love, I'm going to help you do that. If you want to only make 50,000, but you want to have great impact in a way that's important to you, Cool. My job is just to give you the tools to get to where you need to be, period. Mm-hmm. Undetermined by what I think you should be. It should be what you want to be. Yeah. So we could sit here and just jam like this all night long. This is some good stuff right here. Ladies and gentlemen, not all salesmen are the same. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so here's a question I like to ask a lot of folks because you're on the dark horse entrepreneur. And it's much like Zach's underdog, right? I just, I call them dark horses. I didn't want to copy his name. <laughs> yep, I got you. But, you know, I think we've all felt like that dark horse where everyone else, they're not seeing what we see. I know I could do X, whatever X is. How did you, first off, A, did you ever have that feeling? I'm going to assume yes. And then yep. if you did... How did you overcome it or fight against the grain that's out there to prevail? Totally have. I've always been a little bit odd, a little bit different. And I think it's been through trial and error and doing different things and realizing, finally becoming comfortable in my own skin. So Alex Sharpton, I don't know if you know who he is, but great business guy says this. He says, entrepreneurs go into the future and demand something and bring it back. We're the oddballs. We're the weird ones. We're the creators. So we go out and we create things. So we're not going to be like the normal guy. Like 10 years ago, I could come home because I was still developing who I was, sit on the couch after working in a sales job, watch football and chill. Now I can't do that as much because I've developed as a human, as a person. Mm -hmm. I've always had the oddball go against the grain, do stuff a little bit differently than most people. And I think it's just being comfortable with who you are as a person and getting around people. So getting in those networking events, like we mentioned, has helped me become more comfortable with who I am instead of trying to become what someone else wants me to be. Because now I'm like, wait a minute, there's more people like me. Okay, now I understand why I can't just be the normal guy like, A lot of salespeople with the level I'm at would love it and think that they've hit the jackpot and they're good to go. And here I am starting a podcast and doing our stuff because I feel in my heart, I want to help more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the differences with it. And then like on the underdog aspect, I hate to lose. I hate with the passion to lose. I love to win, but I don't like to lose at all. And so I will do everything in my power not to. What is it about losing that bothers you, you think? don't know for sure. It's just one of those, like, I get this question asked all the time. And I think now, at this point now, because I win so much in the sales world, losing doesn't feel good. Back in the day when I wasn't winning, I loved the feel of winning, but now I understand the the concept of winning. So now when I lose, I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? What part Uh did I miss? I should have, should I have pivoted here? Should I have done this here or that? Mm -hmm. And it's only because after I became successful a lot, now that I don't like that feeling of the loss. I know that right. seems weird, but that's kind of just how my no, mind works. I totally, it totally makes sense. Once, once you achieved a win, whatever that win is, right? You know how, you know how to do it. And so when you're, when it doesn't happen again, you're like, okay, where did I go wrong? What's changed? No, I totally get it. hundred percent. All right. So I, I, I want to tap your sales mind as we start to wrap this up here. When it comes to sales for the average Joe Schmo that might be listening right now, what two golden pieces of advice would you want to hand them? Sure. (laughs) Excuse me. In the beginning, it's really simple. It's 
learn as much as you can get as big of a pipeline as possible because you're going to have to get bloodied you're going to have to learn how to get in situations that make you uncomfortable how to reach more people for your product and service and then secondly because you're not going to be that great in the beginning learn the art of follow-up so maybe you're not going to close them on the first or second call stay in touch with them like tracy mentioned with his realtor find a reason to be involved in their life because mm -hmm. as you grow your skill set's going to get there and the only way you can shorten the time with sales is to touch more people and stay in touch with them until you win now there's services there's different ways there's different techniques and stuff i can tell you but in the beginning literally i'm telling you i just outworked people because i didn't know enough and then i leveled up and i learned and i got in those situations and once i got more comfortable with saying hey tracy does this make sense do you want to get a contract in this do you want to buy this you get more comfortable with asking hard questions that most people feel uncomfortable with then you don't have to talk to as many people but here's the thing if you get really good at it and you still keep talking to as many people you make more money yeah learn as much as you can and learn the art of the follow-up i think it was that yep. second one that stuck me for the longest time because like they didn't reach back out to me so they mm -hmm. must not want what i'm offering no maybe they forgot about your life happens right well and it's funny it's we're so afraid of rejection because we think it's about mm. us and i know i hit it earlier but yeah. it's not about us i talked to a buddy of mine a guy i was coaching and he's like man i'm doing this business and then i'm like bro are you afraid of what they think of you or are you trying to sell them and he goes well i'm afraid of what literally he's afraid of what he thinks and i was like it's not about you understand that a no is not a no forever it's just a no for now kind of like right. what you said with that he took that little piece of advice and he just posted on one of my posts recently and he went from making a thousand one month to over the past i think four months he's over 30k per month or for the uh, total total oh. but going from a thousand to that's, 30k that's, that's still a huge jump a huge and it's jump. because of that one little mindset shift i think mm. a lot of times a lot of people just need to understand the little piece here and change it and then they can shine their light 100% and they can affect more people and they're good. It's because our mental blocks block us. Yeah, you're so right there. And I know I've got a recent example. There's someone that I've been following going on two and a half years now and they finally sold me. And it was never a push. It was just like, here, it's, here it is. You know, and then every once in a while again, maybe three, four months again, and it's still here. You know, and I just wasn't ready. It wasn't time, you know, and when it was finally time, they said, are you still interest you know and i'm like yeah i'm good and they're like cool come on it, it was there was never pressure and we you know we still interacted quite a bit in between there and it was as i sit here and think about it it was them following up to me their information and their reach outs and i'm like but it never felt like they were pushing and i think that's right. the magic right you're like it's not like, do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? Oh, but, you know, it's not how you do it, right? You just, it's like the salesman, I, the realtor I told you about. He wasn't about, hey, you want to buy another home? He was like, ah, here, I'm still here. Uh, anyway, anyway. All right. So, man, Joe, I'm, I appreciate your time and I want to be mindful and respectful of it. It is Saturday morning as we're recording this and I'm sure you have some family things you'd like to get to. If anyone wants to learn more about Joe Graham, he, you also I, you mentioned a couple of times you do sales coaching. Maybe they want to learn more about that. Where do we want to send them to? Sure. So I keep everything simple. I'm a simple guy. So I have a podcast called the 150K Podcast. You can see that on Spotify, any of those places, Apple. On Instagram, that's the easiest way to catch me. It's 150K Podcast, and it's the numbers 150K Podcast. I'm not writing it out because right now it'll be too long. But then I have a Facebook group, which is 150K Podcast. And that's the easiest way. It's me 
You can catch me on that. I do sales coaching for individuals and I do it for businesses. I set up sales teams for businesses as well. You know, or if you just have a question, want to chat, I'm open to talk to a lot of people about different things. But yeah, that's the two places, the easiest way to catch me. Okay. So we're going to send them to your podcast and I'll be sure to put the links for your Instagram and the Facebook group down in the show notes. If everyone's interested, go check out Joe. He is the real deal. Joe, I definitely appreciate your time as well as your wisdom. Thank you for having me on, Tracy. This has been a blast and I'm looking forward to having you on my show again. Oh, man, me too, man. All right, there you have it, my friends, my Dark Horse friends and family. There's my man, Joe Grand, dropping the sales bombs on us. What resonated with you? There was so much in there, right? Uh, let me give you five little things that I came away with. Number one, sales is all about helping people. And Joe emphasized that sales is not about manipulation or self-interest, but about generally helping people. He discovered his perspective after his initial fears and his challenges in sales, which transformed his approach and ultimately, right, his career. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're all about, you got to make a few dollars to, you know, feed the fam and keep the lights on and roof over your head and clothes on your back. But you can do that by helping others. Sales is about helping people. Tip number two, the importance of growth and learning inside sales. Now, Joe shared his personal journey, highlighting that he wasn't the best salesman at the beginning. Are we ever are we ever the best at anything when we first start? No, heck no. However, through continuous learning, grinding, and growing, he was able to achieve significant success, including, you heard him, winning the President's Circle Award multiple years in a row. And I believe he won it again here just recently since uh, we have recorded that episode and this one is being published now. Tip number three, sales across different industries. You see, Joe, like me, has a diverse experience. And now while his is in sales, his diverse experience in sales across various industries, including oil and gas investments, heavy equipment sales, door-to-door -door sales, and dedicated fiber internet sales, this breadth of experience has given him a comprehensive understanding of those sales dynamics that are out there. And you've heard me say on a number of episodes, if you've listened to a number, you have listened to a number of the episodes, haven't you? Okay, I'm going to pretend that I'm hearing you shake your head yes right now. But my, my, my diverse background has opened me up to, wow, there's another way we could do this. I can take my experience from my marketing and Coca-Cola days and apply it to my Home Depot days. And I take my experience from my Home Depot days and I applied it into the high-end furniture and sales in the front gate days. And I turned around and I took that into the area of David's Bridal. And I turned around and I took that into, you know, Victoria's Secrets and La Senza. Right? These, you embrace all of your experience because there's something that you know from your past experience that might not be applied in the current industry that you're diving into. Sales across different industries. Remember that. Tip number four the role of problem solving and relationship building in sales. Yeah. Remember, Joe discussed the importance of solving problems for customers and building those relationships. He stressed the need to step into the conversation where the customer is already at, indicating the importance of understanding your customer's needs as well as their perspectives. Don't try and drag them to where you are. 
You go to where they are at, converse at the level that they are currently at, and show your understanding for their needs and their perspectives, and then provide solutions, right? Tip number five, self-care and productivity, especially in sales. Joe shared his experience transitioning from a more aggressive sales approach to a relationship-focused one. He emphasized the importance of taking care of yourself. Yeah. Let me pause this tip for a moment. Here's the thing. If you fill your cup up to the brim, all right, that gives you a lot. You could pour some over here and you can pour some over there and pour some. And eventually your cup can run dry. Hmm? Then you got to refill your cup again. Otherwise you can't keep pouring it out. He emphasized the importance of taking care of yourself, spending time alone, and refreshing yourself to avoid that burnout, to avoid emptying your cup where you're like, I've got to take, i got to dry it out with a towel. He also discussed optimizing productivity by focusing on your peak performance hours, right? And they're not all the same. So don't listen to all the gurus out there that say, you've got to get up at 3.30 in the morning, get up a little earlier in the morning, and stay up a little later. What is your peak performance time? For some, it may be the morning. For others, it could be mid-afternoon. I know for another gentleman we had on here not too long ago, Zach, his is in the evening, late afternoons, okay? Where is your peak performance hours? And you you put those high productivity exercises and activities into that time, and then you work your schedule around that, all right? What tips or ideas do uh, you walk away from, hmm? What two or three things are you going to try implementing today, all right? Heck, let's step back and say what one tip from all the advice you heard Joe give across the last hour or so, and maybe even some of the synopsis here, the last five tips I just re-emphasized for you. What one thing are you going to put into play today? Heck, what one thing of these are you already doing? Let's start there. Give yourself a pat on the back for already doing some advice coming from a high performer. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about my man Joe here. Now, is there something else inside there where you, your eyebrow poked up or your ears peaked just a little bit and you're like, I might need to try that. Well, then get out there and try it. Find that one thing that you heard just now. Go back and re-listen to it if you have to. What's that one thing you're like, man, I need to try that. Well, that's your subconscious telling you, alert, 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 pay attention, pay attention. Write it down, right? Don't, and if you're driving right now, you can, obviously you can't write it down right now. Maybe you send yourself a voicemail. Hey, remember that one tip that Tracy told you to go do it? Go do it. Uh, and then put it into play and then start taking action. You have to think successfully and take action. And with that, my dark horse friends and family, I'm going to leave you as I always do by repeating that very phrase. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.